0: Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. It's time for the Money Night Podcast with Certified Financial Planner, Wade Chessman. Glad to have you back on the Money Night Podcast alongside Wade Chessman, the Certified Financial Planner and Certified Kingdom Advisor at Chessman Wealth Strategies. I am Ben George, and we're taking you through some Different scenarios that are both good and bad—the double-edged sword that we're going to mm-hmm. call it today. Uh, you know, there's okay. a lot of a lot of cir- circumstances, Wade, where you know there's there's positive and negative sides to certain situations. And as a as a planner, as a certified kingdom advisor, you've got to help people out and help them on both sides of this balance. Balance these situations; it can be gotten delicate at times.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, you got to like it says. You know, there, that's why they call it a double-edged sword, right? Yeah. There's a positive, there's a negative.
0: So we got five different predicaments that we will talk about today. Uh, Wade will kind of explain how an advisor walks people through that thought process and, and how to manage those things. Uh, again, we're online, ChessmanWealth.com. That is the website. You can get on there and, uh, and learn a lot about what they do at Chessman Wealth, uh, many different aspects of the planning process that they help you out with. And while you're there, you can also try their risk tolerance quiz, kind of find out what you're comfortable with, get a better idea. But you also want to sit down and and meet with Wade or somebody from the team to kind of go through your entire portfolio, your plan, and manage that better for you. But if you want to do that, again, ChessmanWealth.com is the website, or you can call them directly at 214-572-2120. So i got five different situations here for you today. Wade, Okay, I want your help with, you know, Sir Isaac Newton once said, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So (laughs) here we go with some of these. So uh, the first one on the list today, so you want to sell some stock because you want to take advantage of the terrific growth that you've seen. And I know a lot of people are in this situation from the past year after the market has rebound, but you start thinking about, oh boy, I got those taxes I've got to worry about. If I sell the capital gains, I got to pay off. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, what I would say is, Sometimes I'll tell people, well, well, maybe if you wait long enough, all those gains will go away. <laughs> and they like, takes them a second, just yeah. like it did with you. They're like, "Wait a minute, what does that mean?" But you know, there's nothing wrong with taking some gains occasionally. But you can be smart about it. You know, right now at least, capital gains rates are lower. And um, you know, we did a podcast about tax planning, and there's you do have the ability. There's if you're married, you can have like up to eighty grand or so of. Capital gains aren't even taxed, so it's a lot more tax advantage, you know. The capital gains are, but what I would say is don't make a decision purely based on taxes. You know, if you have something that you've purchased and it's you think it's time to sell and take the gain. A good example would be like if you own a bunch of company stock. You work for a company and you've got a bunch of stock that you, were, that you either bought, you know, through their program or maybe you were awarded it. And you're like, oh, if I sell it, I'm to pay all these taxes. That is a possibility. But the other possibility, like I said, is that you don't sell it and the stock loses 20 or 30%. And now you don't have a gain to worry about. So yeah. I, w- I would say don't make decisions based only on taxes. It's certainly something to be cognizant of, but don't be afraid to take a gain either. And you know, we've talked about other concepts, tax loss harvesting and other things like that. But just understand that, hey, you'll probably never look back with regret that you took a gain. But I promise you, you'll look back on with a lot of regret if you left a bunch of lo- uh, gains on the table.
0: Yeah, nobody likes paying taxes, but at least it means you're making money, right? And that's yep. kind of the bottom line. So, yep. uh, But remember, uh, Wade and his team do tax planning with people. So, you know, if you're concerned about this and want to kind of figure out how to balance those taxes, you always want to reach out and talk sure. to Sure. I mean, someone. we, you know,
1: we, we just did a whole podcast on it. We love doing it, but we don't want to do it. Make that decision, like I said, only. On, on taxes. It's right. burned a lot of people. Um, second
0: situation, you know, somebody gets a big inheritance, which can be life-changing, and they'll yeah. probably often reach out to someone like you Wade, to get help with, hey, how do I invest this money? What do I do with it? But mm-hmm. on the other side of that, it, it means that you've lost somebody that you're close to, right?
1: Yeah, I would say this is true of like also, say, a widow or widower. You know, similar concept. Maybe maybe not the same thing, but, you know, maybe your parents pass away, and and now you're left with some with an inheritance, what I would say is, if you're mourning and you're having a difficult time, and you don't, you don't have to do anything right away. I mean, there's some decisions you have to make right away, but a lot of times you, you know, just take your time. Don't make any big decisions about what to do with it or how to handle it. I mean, many times, uh, you know, you'll be forced to take some action, but that doesn't mean you have to go and come up with a big, huge plan right away. It's okay. You know, it's it's fine. You know, again, some things you may have to make action on, like for example, if your mom or dad had an IRA that you inherited, I and mean, you may have to eventually, not right away, take some action. But doesn't mean you have to change the the strategies or anything like that. What I would say is, yeah, come in, sit down, let's develop a plan, and that'll give you. I think that'll help give people peace of mind knowing that there's a plan around it and, and take some of the maybe the burden off of it because, you know getting a large sum of money or any sum of money comes with it its own responsibilities right i mean right so i would say yep that's a situation a lot of people find themselves in i would say give yourself permission to take your time and not feel rushed into doing something you're not comfortable with
0: yeah and I'll also remind people listening too if if you are A widow or know someone that is a widow. That is uh, something that Wade works. It's a group of people that Wade works with quite a bit. And there is information on the website that can help you through that process too, um, if you're looking for it. Third thing on my list. So this is, I think, one that I would imagine a lot of people kind of deal with now quite a bit as Roths have become more popular and it become an area that many people are putting more and more money into. But when you think about, do I go Roth versus traditional? And that's a whole different discussion. We can get into the pros and cons. And I think we have before, but- yeah. how do you how do you balance that? I want to put money in a Roth because it grows tax-free, but also want to put some money in traditional because I get that tax deduction.
1: Well, you know, you can eliminate all or nothing thinking. You could also do some in each. You know, like a lot of people have a 401k that offers a Roth component and maybe they don't maybe they still want to get that tax deduction, but they also want the, the idea of the Roth growing tax-free, so they do half and half. You know, so it doesn't again, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You could decide to do a little bit of both. The other thing I would look at too, though, is it's not so much how much taxes you pay today. That's important. We also have to be cognizant of the taxes that may become doing in the fu- come do in the future. So, one thing I would do. I just actually got off the phone with the CPA a few minutes ago, and he called to say, "Hey, your client. You know, one thing they could do to save a little tax is to make a IRA contribution. But the, they're really not in a very high tax bracket." So it's like, to me, yeah, you get a little bit of tax break today, but it's a tax deduction. It's not tax-free. Eventually, the taxes will come due, Right. plus all the growth. So I would say you have to look at it kind of a year by year. If you're in the highest tax bracket, it probably makes sense to do most of it, not all in a traditional tax-deductible account. But even those folks you know, might want to hedge their bets a little bit. So I would just say you can have your cake and eat it too. You can do both.
0: That is true. You can do both. So something to consider, but you always want to have a plan going into it. So work with someone on that. Uh, Paying off your house, Wade. So in this situation, on one hand, do you really want to pay off your house, get rid of that debt? Man, be mortgage-free would be awesome. But back to taxes, a lot of people oftentimes will say, well, I want to hang on to that tax deduction that I get.
1: Mm -hmm. The tax deduction is a lot less advantageous than it used to be now that a lot of people aren't itemizing because of the change in the tax law. But I would say this, you know, when you get a tax deduction, you're saving, you know, you get a deduction. So you may be saving 22 cents on the dollar. I'd rather keep the 80 cents, right? So yeah, right. you're saving money because you get a tax deduction, but it's, you know, you're saving 20 cents, 25 cents on the dollar. You'd be better off just not having that expense at all. So, yes, it's a nice tax break, but it's not a reason not to pay off your house. Now, a lot of people would say, well, I don't want to pay off my house because interest rates are low and I could take that money and do better. Maybe so, but I've talked about this many times. You know, there's a lot more to debt reduction than just the numbers of it. When you have debt, you're a slave to the lender. It causes anxiety. So what I would say is that's not a reason not to pay off your house. It's a tax deduction because you're only you're spending way more than you're saving.
0: All right, last one I wanna run by you, and this is one that I think everybody kinda of has to kind of juggle. Over the course of their life, but it, you know, it obviously, becomes a bigger discussion as you get closer to retirement. But in terms of risk, you know, a lot of people will say, "I don't want to deal with all the risk and the volatility. I don't want to worry about the market going up and down, fluctuating so much." But I also don't want to miss out on all that potential growth. <laughs> so, how do you balance that?
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's a tough one. What I would say is, again, don't have you don't have to have all or nothing thinking. One way to take advantage of the growth, but have a Risk mitigation strategy is to think of your money in different buckets. We've talked about this before. You know, bucket one is the bucket that you're using perhaps to fund your monthly income needs from your portfolio. Bucket two is a more, well, maybe a little bit more um, growth bucket. It's a little more volatile, but not extremely so. And then bucket three would be your higher growth bucket: your equities, your stocks, your the more volatile part of your portfolio. Well. As long as you have plenty of money in bucket one and you replenish it from time to time, from bucket two at bucket three at, at opportune times, then you don't have to necessarily worry about bucket three going down. So for an example, let's say 2020, you started the year off, you had a year's worth of distribution set up in a very safe, secure bucket one type of strategy, then COVID happens and you're seeing your overall portfolio go down, but especially that those assets in bucket three. Well, guess what? You would try not to sell those assets. You would you would continue to take your distribution from bucket one. Now the, at the end of the year, you look and say, oh man, my account was up. Bucket three did really well. Maybe it's time to replenish bucket one with bucket three. So that's one way to have your cake and eat it too a little bit, is that you're still going to have the growth potential, but you're going to avoid the worst thing that you can do, which is selling off that growth asset while it's down. So sometimes that gives people a little bit more flexibility and freedom to uh, put a little more growth in their portfolio as knowing they have a plan going in.
0: Well, good, having a plan going in is always the key and it'll help you yep. through each one of these scenarios too, because these aren't, they aren't easy and you want to make sure you're doing what's best for you long-term and not just thinking about it in the moment. So I always want to work with a planner and advisor that can help you with that and, and Wade and his team at Chessman Wealth are there for you. If you you want to contact them, set up a time to meet with them and and start going through some of these issues or whatever issues that you're working through with your finances. You can find them online at chessmanwealth.com. Please subscribe to the podcast as well. Tell a friend about it. We would appreciate that uh, quite a bit. Wade, I enjoyed the conversation today. Uh, Thanks for kind of being level-headed and uh, being practical with your answers today and helping us through some of these scenarios.
1: You got it. It was great.